You're listening to Nonprofit Confidential, episode number 15. To Nonprofit Confidential. I'm your host, Sheila Nimishakavi, and I'm thrilled you're joining me here today. So today's episode is brought to you by Third Suites Book Club. This is a free virtual book club for passionate nonprofit professionals, and it offers a safe, empowering online platform for nonprofit professionals to discuss innovative solutions, inspiring stories, and affecting change. We'll share thoughts and discuss questions about a new book each month. I'm really excited we launched our book club because one, I am a huge reader, so I'm just excited to read more books and share my thoughts with you all. But also, I really think this is going to become a wonderful community. To learn more about our free virtual book club, please visit bookclub.thirdsuite.com. Today's conversation is about strategic planning. And before we launch into a conversation about the various strategic planning frameworks, I want to answer a couple of frequently asked questions that I receive about strategic plans. One question that commonly comes up is, are strategic plans and business plans the same thing? The term business plan and strategic plan often get used interchangeably, but that's not technically correct. While they may have some similar components, a business plan is what new organizations draft up in order to get started. So it's kind of the blueprint for how the nonprofit will operate. It could answer questions such as what will the services be, who is being served by the nonprofit, how will the nonprofit obtain funding. It's essentially the plan for how the business will operate. But this is typically only used during the first year or two of business. A strategic plan, on the other hand, offers direction and guidance. It helps you in day-to-day decision-making and evaluating progress. The second question I frequently get asked is, does my organization have to have a strategic plan? And to that I say, absolutely. Again, it's your most important decision-making tool. So have you ever heard of the rock, pebbles, and sand analogy? It's typically used to describe time management. So the idea is that you have this jar that represents all of the time you have. Rocks represent the important priorities you have, pebbles are less important, and sand is the least important. If you put the sand into the jar first, it will fill the entire jar and you won't have any space for any of the rocks. But if you fill the jar with rocks first, then you can fit in the pebbles and the sand also. Okay, so using this analogy, your nonprofit's strategic objectives are the rocks. These are defined by your strategic plan. So you want to keep your strategic plan front and center every day because you're filling up your time and making decisions every single day. And so you want to be sure to put the rocks in first, those strategic objectives. And then once those are taken care of, then you can add in the pebbles and the sand. I've seen a lot of organizations that lose sight of their strategic objectives because they don't ever utilize the the strategic plan. I'll give you an example. 
So let's use a fictional nonprofit we'll call the Rare Disease Education Association. As the name suggests, this fake nonprofit provides educational programs on rare diseases. The vision of this nonprofit is to become known as a knowledge expert in rare diseases and to host the largest conference for professionals working with rare diseases in the U.S. And let's say we have two scenarios. In the first scenario, the strategic plan hasn't been touched since the document was drafted two years ago. In the second scenario, the nonprofit frequently refers to the strategic plan and uses it as a decision-making tool. Now, the nonprofit is doing great and all of its projects are funded, when along comes a stakeholder with a great idea to host an art workshop where families affected by rare diseases can paint pictures about what it's like to experience dealing with a rare disease diagnosis. And these paintings will be brought in on a huge display for an upcoming conference. At first, the staff are really excited about this new idea. Although it's not related to any immediate goal, it's a great way to engage the community and that can't be a bad thing, right? Upon doing some more research, it's clear that this side project will divert a lot of time and energy from the main goal of the organization, which is to grow the conference. But still, the staff are really excited about the new project. In scenario one, the strategic plan is left untouched and is collecting dust somewhere on a shelf. With no reminder of their strategic objectives, the staff excitedly dive into the new opportunity. The art workshop is a hit, but staff have to spend so much time to coordinate this new project that they're unable to follow through on their, on their objectives related to the conference. The Rare Disease Education Association's conference is a flop. In scenario two, the strategic plan is an active document and frequently referred to in staff discussion. Since engaging the community of patients is not necessarily a strategic objective, the staff decide to put it on hold and not to take part in the art workshop just yet. They focus all of their energy on creating a great conference and they achieve their goal of hosting the largest rare disease conference in the U.S., so without guidance about what you should be focusing on, it's so easy to get swayed by shiny new objects and new opportunities, especially when funding is involved. You'll end up bouncing from one exciting project to the next without ever achieving what you set out to achieve. So that's my incredibly long-winded way of saying, yes, you absolutely need a strategic plan and you need to keep it front and center. This is exactly why funders want you to have a strategic plan. They want to know that their money is going towards a concerted effort to achieve a specific goal that will have their desired community impact. The third question I frequently get asked is, should we post our strategic plan on our website? Absolutely. Having a strategic plan is something to be proud of. You've put in the work to really think through where the organization is going and what you aim to accomplish, so show it off. Also, it helps your organization look more attractive for donors. This is definitely true when you're asking donors for multi-year pledges. A solid strategic plan shows donors where your organization is going in the coming years. It shows your donors what you'll be doing with their gifts beyond the immediate needs. 
Moreover, when your organization is supported by the public, you want to be as transparent as possible. So publishing your strategic plan is just one more way to be transparent. Okay, the last of the FAQs, who should be involved in the strategic planning process? So you'll definitely want your board of directors and staff to be involved, but you also want to include representatives from the community that you serve. Those who are affected by your strategic plan will have valuable insight that will ensure your strategic objectives are aligned with the needs of the community. Okay, so we've covered why it's so important to have a strategic plan and to refer to it frequently and who should be involved in the process. Now let's talk about what that process looks like. So when I mention the term strategic plan, if you've ever had to sit through this process, you're probably thinking about some long drawn out summit to somehow predict what your nonprofit is going to be doing for the next five years. It most likely involves hiring an expensive consultant to facilitate multiple day-long meetings with your board of directors and key staff, all to deliver a huge packet of paper laying out the supposed plan for the next five years. It's long, it's tedious, it's expensive, and worst of all, the plan itself might actually become irrelevant after a year or two because, as we all know, the nonprofit field is changing so rapidly it's practically impossible to plan out what your, goal, what your goals are going to be five years from now. So what I just described is now being referred to as the basic or traditional strategic planning method. The traditional method describes getting from point A to some desirable point B. And you determine what your objectives are going to be by analyzing the past, analyzing external factors that affect the organization, and use these to predict the future. In the traditional method, you would revisit your mission and vision statement, rewriting them if you have to. So you analyze the past by using your organization's data and performing a SWOT analysis, so looking at strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And you may also use a PEST analysis to look at external, political, economical, social, and technological factors. And there are variations of these types of tools, but the idea is to analyze the past. And you'll use that information to plot out how you're going to get from point A, which is where you are right now, to that desirable point B. You design programs to address issues and goals, establish action plans, so determine objectives, roles, and responsibilities to implement the plan, and identify needed resources. All of this will be put together into that enormous packet. So, of course, this plan is flawed, and many nonprofits are opting for new frameworks for strategic planning that, one, are not so drawn out and tedious. Let's be honest, we all don't have multiple days to spend on this. And two, it allows the organization to be nimble in the face of a changing environment. Let's dive into three models of strategic planning that are less tedious and oftentimes more effective. First, we have the alignment model. In this model, you essentially want to ensure that what your organization is currently doing aligns with the mission of your organization. So first, your organization would outline the mission of the nonprofit, the vision, all of its programs and resources. You go through each one and ask, what's working well? 
Are these factors aligned such that program strategy strategy is supported by the resources the organization has? And then on the flip side, what's not working well? And for those areas that aren't working well, what changes need to be made for optimization? From there, you would determine how to implement the changes, and these adjustments would become the strategies that make up your strategic plan. The benefit of the alignment model is, of course, its simplicity. It gets down to the core of what strategic planning intends to do, which is develop a strategy to achieve the mission. Because it's not such a huge undertaking, this can and should be done annually so that the nonprofit can adapt to external and internal changes as they arise. In some ways, the alignment model is a very scaled-down version of the traditional model. So I want to point out that with these new frameworks that a little bit that are a little bit more simple and less drawn out, you're really not losing the value of the traditional method. You're just scaling it down and getting down to the nuts and bolts of what you absolutely need. So you're essentially reviewing all of the same type of information, external factors, internal factors, mission, vision, but instead of starting from scratch and only reviewing the strategy every five years, You're analyzing all of these pieces each year, almost in real time, and making gradual changes, and you're making the changes when it's most impactful. This type of strategic planning model would actually fit most organizations, but it's particularly useful for organizations that don't have a reason to change their mission or vision, or those organizations that are not facing any drastic changes that require a more in-depth analysis. So the next model to consider is called the organic model of planning. This model offers even more flexibility than the alignment model and much more than than the traditional model. With the organic model of strategic planning, you start with a discussion about the organization's mission, vision, and values. Through discussion and perhaps even some graphic representation, you want to get consensus around a list of shared values. And these shared values become the decision-making tool for your organization. Rather than creating a linear strategy over the course of a year, you would analyze each decision in light of whether it fits into the organization's core values or not. So organizations remain very nimble and can make decisions really quickly. The types of organizations that organic planning works best for would be nonprofits that engage in grassroots organizing and social justice organizations. These types of nonprofits typically need to be incredibly flexible, take action quickly, and be responsive to a rapidly changing environment. The third model to consider is called the issue-based model. In this model, you would again review mission and vision, internal and external factors, beginning to see a trend here. Then you would identify the most important issues or goals that need to be addressed in the next year. The issues or goals you choose will likely be because of some of the external or internal factors. Once you've identified several issues or goals that are priorities to be addressed in the next year, The group discusses possible strategies for addressing the issue and decides on what to do. These strategies then become your strategic plan for the next year. 
Some organizations even opt for this to be a six-month strategy and reevaluate mid-year. So again, the benefit of this model is its simplicity. It gets down to the core of what needs to be done, and any objectives or action plans are only for 6 to 12 months. So this means that if they don't work out or if changes occur that make these action plans irrelevant, you can pivot. So when we look at the three models presented here, alignment model, organic model, and issue-based model, what they have in common and where they diverge from the traditional model is that they establish strategic direction without specifying every step. So if we use the analogy of a map and directions, the traditional method specifies the address of the destination and gives you step-by-step directions for how to reach the location. But if there's an unexpected roadblock, you don't necessarily have an alternative route. Moreover, if your plans change and you need a new destination, the traditional model doesn't offer a way to reroute. On the other hand, the alignment, organic, and issue-based models identify a general location. They don't give you the address per se, but they would get you to the city you're trying to get to without specifying the route. That means you can take whichever path will get you there and you're not stuck with one location. You can decide where to go when you get there and reroute as needed. Hopefully this analogy makes as much sense to you as it does in my own head. Another way to think about it is that the alignment model, organic model, and issue-based model are really just scaled-down versions of the traditional method. We're still analyzing the same factors, right? We're looking at mission, vision, values, analyzing our programs, looking at internal and external environments, but we're not stuck to a stringent blueprint for the next five years. It's almost as if these scaled-down models give you direction, but not step-by-step instructions. So I like to almost think of it as the difference between cooking and baking. With baking, to get to the end product, you're going to follow every single step and make sure your measurements are exact. With cooking, you just want to make sure the flavors are more or less correct and that the dish tastes good at the end. Okay, so hopefully these analogies make sense to you. For show notes and a recap of this episode, please visit www.thirdsuite.com forward slash 15. All right, that is all I have for you today. I really hope you got a lot out of this explanation of strategic planning. And if you did, I would truly appreciate a rate and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You know, when I started this podcast, I actually really wasn't sure how it was going to be received within the community. And it's been such an amazing ride to see the downloads pouring in every time I post a new episode. So thank you, thank you for all of the support. And I'm truly open to any and all topic ideas and would love to feature more nonprofit stories on the show. So please feel free to send any suggestions my way at any time. Lastly, before we head out, if you're at all a bookworm, don't forget to join Third Suite's free virtual book club. This is such a great online platform to learn new ideas, share your thoughts, and really develop yourself as a nonprofit leader. To join the club, simply visit bookclub.thirdsuite.com. All right, thank you so much for joining me here today. I'll see you next week. Oh,